The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Where 
the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, quoting Micah, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also for boo. <laughs> you know, may God save us from people that uh, are laughing on the outside and are destructive on the inside in the name of Jesus. I just need to, to pause there. Is that okay? When, verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child. It was a young child. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return, they departed for their own country in another way. Now, when they had departed, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Verse 14. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother, by night and departed to Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying out of Egypt I called my son then Herod the 16 when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men was exceedingly angry and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts. Imagine the number of children killed from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. May the Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his word in Jesus' name. We see here um, a story of the birth of Jesus. And, and Jesus coming to this world was surrounded with a lot of drama. First, they didn't have where to put him. Next, some king wants to kill him. And because of him, perhaps thousands of other children were killed. Thousands of families were were, were sorrowing because the enemy wanted to, to get at and to kill Jesus. But you see, what that tells me is that God is able to protect you in spite of how strong the enemy can be. And many times we look at the errors of this world and we think, oh, there is no hope. Oh, we don't stand a chance. But you see, I'm here to tell you that your God is bigger than Herod. Praise the name of the Lord. 
So, so very quickly, we're going to look at there are three, I mean, characters or three aspects of, of this story we have read that I want to share on and, and we'll be on our way. The first is divine guidance. We see divine guidance. Divine guidance at its peak. The next, we look at the people. And number three, we look at the gifts. So we look at divine guidance, we look at the people, and we look at the gift. If you look at the gift, I mean, there's a story that comes to mind. It's a story of a woman that was preparing for Christmas. And, you know, Christmas is a very busy period. We have gifts that we want to send out to people. We have... um, cards that we want to write, we have work to do, and, and it can be very busy. And this woman, she, she had a challenge. And what was the challenge? She had about 50 people that she needed to at least send a card to. But she didn't have the time because she was busy at work. So what she, what she did was that at night, she ran into a store, picked up a card, a pack of cards of 50, and, oh, that's all I need. And she just opened the card and wrote... Um, I love you so much. 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 And you know, sent out all the cards. Then on Christmas Day, she sits down at home and she hasn't sent two of the cards because maybe there were two extra cards. And she took the card and she opened the card to read. And the card reads. You know, they they write words on the card before you, you write your own stuff. So the the card reads, I'm sending your Christmas gift, Merry Christmas. And she wrote, I love you so much. So she was confused. She was filled with, she was sweating. Why? Because she has promised gifts to like, (laughs) some of you are just getting it. (laughs) She has promised gifts to like, 45 plus people. And she wasn't able to deliver. Well, you see, we have a God that not only promises, delivers on his gifts, and delivers on his promises. And we are are totally, totally excited about him. Back to our story. Divine guidance. You need divine guidance to fulfill your destiny. I need divine guidance to fulfill my destiny. We all need divine guidance to fulfill our destiny. And from that story, we we see two aspects of divine guidance. We see guidance from the word and guidance from God's habitation. And if if you are to fulfill your destiny, you need it too. You need guidance from the word of God and guidance from God's habitation. Guidance from the word of God. They needed to read, check scriptures, refer to Micah. Guidance from, the, from, from God's habitation. They needed the, the star to guide them for us to fulfill our destiny, for you to fulfill your destiny, for you to be all that God has created you to be. You need guidance from the word. Everybody say guidance from the word. And guidance from his habitation. Everybody say guidance from his habitation. Take guidance from the word, for instance. The way the word was revealed from that scripture, it wasn't a solo effort. Now, the the wise men have been following the star, and they got to Jerusalem, and they couldn't find the star, and they caused a pandemonium. In fact, the Bible says they turned turned Jerusalem upside down. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? Where is he that is born? So there was confusion all over. And Herod called the scribes and the scholars and they referred to the word and they got guidance from the word. As 
You go into 2017. I, I, I just need to say, tell you this. You need to take collaborative Bible studies seriously. Collaborative Bible study. Uh, there's a place for individual Bible studies, and you should study your Bible. But collaborative Bible study will be a key to destiny fulfillment. So they need to collaborate. They needed to collaborate before they found guidance. Now, when they found guidance and they moved from the word and they moved in the direction of that, the star reappeared. So we, 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 they started with guidance from God's habitation. God from his habitation showed them a sign, gave them a leading. They followed the leading. But you see, the, the, the challenge sometimes is that when God is leading us, sometimes it appears as if we can't find him anymore. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? It's as if we can't find him anymore. It's as if the star has hidden. And it's like, where is the star? Where is the star? The star has hidden. That is the time to check the word. That is the time to check the word. And guess what? When you get into the word and you, and, and, and you, you go to your life group, you have collaborative Bible study. You, you, you share minds with other believers. You, you, you meditate on scripture. Boom! All of a sudden, the star reappears. Praise the name of the Lord. The star reappears. Now, while the word will take you to the town, it is in Bethlehem in Judea. While guidance from the word will take you to the town, it is guidance from his habitation that will take you to the house. And you have to get that. If you, if you just go by guidance from the world, you're going to get to the town and Bethlehem in Judea. It's like you have the world, but the world says it's in Ibadan. But where in Ibadan? And that is so important for us to, to, to desire and crave for for guidance from God's habitation. Because guidance from his habitation is precise. Takes you to the house. Takes you to the exact location. And you can apply this to every area of your life. In your business, you can apply it to your business. In your careers, you will need guidance from the word. You will need guidance from his habitation. You can apply it to marriage, getting married, guidance from the word. Don't be equally yoked together and all that and all that. So you know the town where the man or the woman is, but who is he? You can't be checking everyone out. <laughs> okay, is it you? Madam, is it you? Um, okay, 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 it's not you. Let me go to the next person. No, they will give you a, you have a bad reputation. So, when you've gotten guidance from the word, you need guidance from where? From his habitation. From his habitation. Now, it's easy for folks to say, now, okay, why do I need guidance from the word? When I can just get guidance from the habitation, his habitation, and guidance from his habitation appears to be more precise. So, why do I need guidance from the word? The truth is that, you know, the, like we learned in the story, the guidance from his habitation, sometimes uh, he withdraws it deliberately. We, go, we all go through seasons where it's as if, where is God in all this? You may be here at Christmas and everybody's celebrating and, and you're like, but where is God in my situation? So God has not told us to choose one. God has led us to use all. You need the word of God. You need to learn to read the Bible. You need to learn. You, you must be a part of a life group. 
It must be a part of a small group where believers just open the word and share and just read the word. It is so important that you, you do that. So we see that divine guidance was key to locating Christ. Divine guidance will be key to locating your destiny. There are things I should have done. Many of the time, many have shared a lot of those stories. But divine guidance. Go this way. Go that way. Life, I, I, I get it that, yes, we need to make some mistakes, and we all do make mistakes, praise the name of the Lord. But you see, life is too short to make all the mistakes possible. It's too short to make all the mistakes possible. So we need to rely and depend and crave and hunger. You see the way the wise men turned Jerusalem upside down when they couldn't get guidance. If, 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 if they, another translation says there was pandemonium. Where is he that was born the king of the Jews? We have seen his stars and we have followed him. We've lost it, but we need guidance. Where is he that was born the king of the Jews? The challenge with us is that we lose guidance and we are passive. We lose guidance and we are, we are okay. We still say hallelujah. We are still jumping praise the Lord. These guys were going to cause trouble. So much so that the king took notice. Who is causing trouble in this town? What are they saying? Simple. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? So that is the guidance. But when you look at that story, you will see the people. You will see four categories of people. I mean, clearly from that story, there are four categories of people. You see, the first is, is Herod, the kings. And, and, and the four categories of people tell us the four ways that people relate with Jesus. The four ways people relate with Christ. You have the kings. The kings, they are, they are the big boys and the big girls, you know. They mount their loyalty to God when they have to. They say, oh, we will we, we come and worship him. But their heart is, is, is not with God. Every time Jesus shows up, there are at least these four responses to him. So you have the kings also that will want to kill him. You, you have the kings that will want to, even though we are saying Merry Christmas. Christmas is about Christ, right? We have the kings that will say, Remove the Christ and just say happy holidays. We have the kings that we want to legislate against Christ in, public, in the public square. We have kings that cannot even stand. That, that word turns their stomach. We have kings that bleep out Christ and Jesus from TV as if it's a swear word. When people mention Jesus on TV, they want to blip it out as if they are using the f letter word. Why is that? They are the errors of this world. So you have the, the errors of this world. Then, then the second group of people are the scholars. The scholars, they are religious people. They know the Bible. In fact, when Herod asked them, he called the scribes and said, where will the Christ be born? You know, from, from Yoruba people, we say, lie we. They didn't even need to look at the Bible. They just, just quoted it straight. They quoted Micah. In Bethlehem of Judea. They quoted it. Even the one the king did not ask them. The scholars know God, or rather, they know of God. The scholars, when you want to, when, when I said Matthew 2, they said that's the story of the Magi. 
You know, you're like, I mean, where is this guy going to come from today? <laughs> as his colors. You know, some people are just, the, way, the reason they come to church is that they say, ah, I find that guy interesting. I want to know where he's going to come from today. <laughs> so it's Matthew 2. Matthew 2. Okay. Okay. So it's going to stop in verse 16. Okay. That is where Herod started killing the children. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, let's clap for the scholars. Let's clap for the scholars. You know, Jesus loves the scholars. <laughs> Nicodemus was one. Anyway, so we have the scholars, those that will <laughs> always sabi sabi Christian. But you see, the challenge is this the scholars, they have a form of godliness but they deny the power thereof. They have a structure of, 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 of being pious. But when you move close to their lives, there's no power to save. There's no power to deliver. There's no power to set free. So the world is still hungry. If you have people that look at you and say, you're a Christian, you know all the scriptures, but when they come close to you, your life does not impact them. You're a scholar. But you, you are going to be wise today in the name of Jesus. So we have the errors. We have the scholars. Number three, we have the people. The people that is Jerusalemites. I have called them Jerusalemites. <laughs> As the people of Jerusalem, what do you call, who are the people of Jerusalem? How do you call them? <clears throat> Lagos, the people of Lagos are Lagosians. People in, uh, you have the Jebusites, you have the Perisites, you have the Canaanites. So you can call them the, the Jerusalemites. I'm not sure that's correct, but we understand ourselves. <laughs> so you have. And when I, I mean, I've read this story, I mean, I was meditating over it, I was, I was driving, um, I was meditating over the story, and I was like, you know, why these people have been waiting for the Messiah? Even till today, you know, they are waiting for the first coming of Jesus. They are, the Jews are still waiting for the first coming, but they are going to meet the second coming. Praise the name of the Lord. They are waiting for the lamb, but it's going to come as a lion. So, 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 I, so I said to myself, why on earth, from the time of that Eve messed up, every woman knew, beginning from Eve, that from me is going to come the Messiah. If tried, 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 the Messiah did not come. But, so in those days, Every woman is saying, is it going to be me? Is this going to be this child? Is it going to be... That's, that's, how, that's, how, they, that's how they roll. Because it's going to be born of a woman. They know. So every woman was checking. Everyone was checking. Now, if wise men came from all the way from China, maybe, they said East, then the Middle East, Far East would be maybe, okay, maybe they are um, Japanese wise men. They are from the East, anyway. All the way. And they said that God told them from there, they came here, they didn't find, they, they lost track of the star. The king got so interested. The scholars told them where it would be. As they began to move, the star reappeared. Wouldn't they follow them? Why didn't they follow them? I mean, I, I think Jesus should have had the biggest party ever. With the old town there. But this, I mean, so the question is that, I, so I said to myself, will you have followed them? You know? And sometimes, God is near. And we don't respond to him. God is near. God has sent you a word. God has sent you direction. And we don't respond. So the people did not, did not 
respond. They were concerned, but they did not respond. They were concerned, but they did not respond. So are you here today? Are you an Herod? A Herod? Or are you a scholar? Or are you a Jerusalemite? Or number four, are you a Magi? A Magi? The fourth group are the wise men. Obviously. The wise men. It's interesting that God is not a respecter of people, of races, of colors, of tribes. These wise men came and they worshipped Jesus. Meanwhile, God's own people did not go to worship him. These wise men, they understood that age is not an issue with God. Even though Jesus was a baby, the Bible says that they did what? They fell on their faces and they worshipped him. I mean, they are wise, actually. <laughs> That's the reason they call them wise men. <laughs> they are actually wise. And these wise men, they came all the way it wasn't from here to VI. In fact, to give us an indication of how long they traveled, if you read verse 16, Herod used the age range from when they said they saw the star rise. So, so, they, so the age range was from zero to what? Two years. So the boundary was two years. So it tells us that they, they've seen the star they saw the star two years before and they started following the star for two years. You know, many times we, we just want microwave, you know, we want God to be, to be instant. Instant noodles, instant pound, instant God, punch the number. And if God is not responding, we hit it. Where are you, O oh God of heaven? Where are you? These people followed the star for about two years and they did not give up. Ah, you have a promise of God. Don't give up. God has given you a sign that you are going to be great, but it appears as if you are still struggling. Don't what? Don't give up. Don't give up. God has told you that you are anointed. You are going to raise the dead. But everyone you pray for dies. Don't give up. Keep following the star. Keep following the star. And the wise men fell on their faces. And they worshipped Jesus. I'm praying today. That we will be wise men and women in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm praying that the errors that are perhaps listening to me will be converted to wise men. I'm praying that the scholars that are listening to me will be converted to wise men. I'm praying that the Jerusalemites that are listening will be converted to wise men. In the name of Jesus. Finally, the third part of the story, we have the divine guidance, we have the people, and the third part, we have the gifts. We have the gifts. They came and they brought gifts to Jesus. Frankincense, gold, and man, I'm just going to run through it. And it's so important that we understand how this applies to, to us, to you and I. Frankincense. 
talks about the priestly nature of the person of Christ. So, Frank incense, incense, the prince born incense, you know, from that word, you know. So what does that mean? It means that they, they, these guys were so deep, they understood that Jesus was going to come and stand between God and us, God and his people. Jesus is going to be the priest, the high priest, the most high priest to God. One. Two. Gold. Talks about power, about the kingly nature of Jesus. So even though he was a baby, not only was he a priest unto God, he was a king from God. He was a king. And the third man simply talks about the prophetic destiny of Jesus. That is, this child, man was what was used to embalm um, people when they die. That this baby was born to die. This baby was born. The, the, the prophecy over his life is that he will take away the sins of the people. It will become the atoning sacrifice. So, the, 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 I don't know if Mary preserved that mirror and he used it after Jesus died on the cross. Maybe that was what they were, I don't know. <laughs> but they provided the mirror. Talking about the prophetic destiny of Christ. So, for you and I to be all that God has called us to be, we must receive his gift of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. What does that mean? It means you must receive the gift of Jesus as your priests. It means you must receive the gift of Jesus not only as your priest, you must receive the gift of Jesus as your king. Not only should you receive the gift of Jesus as your priest and your king, you must receive the prophetic destiny of Jesus which has been fulfilled as your savior. Someone that will come to die for you. So that is where Christmas can begin to make sense when I receive his gifts of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. So for you to be converted from a, a, an herald to a wise man, you must receive his gift of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. For you to be converted from a scholar to a wise man, a woman, you must receive his gift of frankincense, gold, and myrrh. For you to be converted from, from, from being a Jerusalemite to a wise man, a wise woman, you must receive his gift. Of what? And, and, and man. As on one hand. Once you've received his gift. Now, you need to get this. For you to fulfill your destiny in God. You must. Now, this is being a wise man. You must bring your Gifts of frankincense, of gold, and of myrrh. What does that mean, Pastor? It means for you to be all that God has called you to be, you must take your priestly position in God through Christ. Through Christ. Because of what Jesus has done for you, you must, you, must, you must embrace your priestly position and take it in Christ. 
for you to be all that God has called you to be, you must bring your gold. Your kingly position for him. What does that mean? It means if I am a lawyer, I I am representing who? So uh, when I go to court, am I representing my client? Really, you are not. You are representing Christ. So that will just change everything. If I'm a doctor, I'm not, I'm representing Christ. I must bring my gift of gold. So I must bring my gift of frankincense, my gift of gold, and I must bring my gift of myrrh. What's my gift of myrrh? My gift of myrrh is this. Because Jesus has laid his life down for me, my life is not my own anymore. The prophetic destiny of every child of God is that your life belongs to Jesus. So if you are living and your life does not belong to Jesus, you can't really have victory. You can't. You know that when we sing the song, demons tremble at your presence. What a mighty God we serve. It's, it, is, it is your life being hidden in Christ that brings God's presence, that brings victory. Am I making sense to this morning? So the, the challenge is that when we come, we come sometimes willing to take our priestly position and we drop the gold and the mirror. We only want to show up on Sunday, pray in church, dance in church, or maybe maintain quiet time with your family so that, you know, something on the checklist, you know. I prayed with my children. He says, Stan, you have a badge now. I prayed with my wife, you have a badge. Wear it. We pray that as a family, yes, wear your badge. Sometimes we just want to embrace our priestly and bring our priestly gift. But God says, I want the gold. And I want the myrrh. And sometimes we bring our, our priestly gift, we bring our, our, our frankincense, we bring our gold. We, we, we try, as much as we are not obnoxious, we, are not, we don't repel people, but we try to bring Jesus to the marketplace. We bring our gold. We, we, we support God's kingdom. Praise the name of the Lord. We bring our proceeds of our sacrifice. That's bringing your gold. But many times, we leave out our mirror. We bring our frankincense. We bring our gold. And we leave out our mirror. What God is saying to you today, are you going to be wise? Are you going to bring your frankincense, your gold, and your myrrh? Or are you going to be an erod? Or a scholar? Or a Jebusite? Or a wise person? What's it going to be this morning? Ask your neighbor, what's it going to be? Get a response. Okay. And to bring the mirror away, like we said, simply means that my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Mm. My life is not my own. To you. Myself to you, I give myself away. I give myself away. I give myself away. So you can use me. Okay. I give myself away. I give myself away. I give my life to you. 
like the scholars or are we going to be like the Jebusites or rather the Jerusalemites or are we going to be like the wise men let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads I just wanted to contemplate on this some of us we need to make adjustments we need to you see because the purpose of Christmas will not be realized if we don't make the requisite adjustments we need to make adjustments we need to make adjustments just between you and God, I mean, if, if, if the greatest gift you can give to Jesus today is your life. I want to pray with you if you are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. It's as simple as that. I, I just want to give my life to Jesus. Oh, I used to be born again. I used to be with Jesus, but I've gone back. I want to come back to Jesus. Pastor, Pastor, can you pray with me? Yes, that is the purpose of Christmas. 
Do I come forward? You don't need to come forward wherever you are seated. Can you pray with me? Yes. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Put up your hand now over your head quickly. You are put up your hand. Put up your hand well. God bless you. Keep the hands up. If you are putting it up, don't just scratch it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you over there. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. And that at the back. God bless you. That is me. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. That's, that's all I require. I want to give my life. God bless you. And that hand over there. I want to give my life. God bless you. God bless you. Keep the hands up. I want to give my life to Christ. My life is, has been my own. God bless you. Over there at that corner. God bless you. My life has been my own. God bless you. Right there at that corner. I want to turn it over to Jesus. I want to, I want to be able to say, My life is not my own. God bless you, sir. Keep the hands up. You are the that is me. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put on your heart. Believe me, there's rejoicing in heaven. Heaven is excited that you are coming to Jesus on a Christmas day. Oh, what a day to come to Christ. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Quickly put up your hands. God bless you. That is me. Thank you for coming for us. Thank you because this Christmas, even as we enter this new year, will be the greatest thus far for everyone in this place in the name of Jesus. Honor and glory be given to you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Let's pray together for the Lord Jesus. <laughs> 